1: all right everybody welcome back to the equip you grace podcast my name is dave and i'm the host for this show and with me today is my wonderful co-host the best co-host okay in the world okay and i'm not joking at that it's my best friend my sweetheart uh my lovely wife sarah welcome back to equip you and grace
0: Thank you for having me. I am always glad to come on the show and <laughs> thank you for that nice introduction. I enjoy being uh, co-hosting with you on the show. So glad to be here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's good. Good. Everybody, everybody likes it uh, when you come on. I think they would prefer, you know, probably to hear from you more than me, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay. No.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll probably hear about that too, that I said that. But everybody, I'm just being a little sarcastic. But because today we're actually going to be talking about something that is very deadly serious. And it's something that a lot of married couples really struggle with. And that's that's not even if you're a brandly new married couple. It's it's the life of a marriage. We all go through seasons of, of our married lives that are that are hard. You know, you lose a family member. You 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 um get a diagnosis uh when maybe you have your spouse or a family member or you know you're struggling financially and the, the list could go on and on right it could go on and on so the idea that we have today uh, for this episode for valentine's day actually is you know how do we love one another through the the hard seasons of life those those things that are really hard and and you maybe maybe you're clashing and you're like how do I deal with this and a lot of a lot of marriages crumble and falter at this at this point because they don't know how do I deal with that and they haven't put in the work I have to say to to get to the place where they can even deal with it Yeah. and so we want to talk about this today we know I know that this is a real, really big, sensitive issue for a lot of people, and I'm not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you, you know, everything. You're going to want more on this. You're, you're going to think, oh, you know, you didn't cover this. You covered that, and but, but just, just. Uh, I hope that this conversation will help, um, help you to have that conversation with your spouse um, that you love, and but more importantly, that'll help you. Um, The focus isn't so much on your spouse. The focus should be on you so that you can love your spouse. And that's a message that we want to to really um, hone in. Sarah, as we start today, do you have anything that uh, you want to kick us off with?
0: Certainly. Um, One of the hardest things that I think uh, so many couples go through is how to have a have conversations between spouses about the really tough things that come up in our marriages. So um, one thing that uh, often happens when couples get into these difficult conversations is they have um, what I would call more leaning more toward an argument and less toward a conversation about things and. It can easily escalate into, you know, saying hard uh, negative things, um, name calling, even uh, throwing past sins in people's faces. Um, that is the absolute worst way to approach loving one another in the difficult times and seasons of life. And I've found throughout the years of marriage to Dave that. Um, you know, it is, it is a struggle to have these conversations with your spouse, but if you come at it from a perspective of, um, you know, using, um, Jesus as a, a guidepost, a a signpost, if you will, of, of how we should interact with one another, then it becomes a little bit easier and we can take steps forward to, um, Keeping things in a positive and God centered um, manner when we approach hard things. And I think that, um, as a note of application in this area, um, particularly from a wife's perspective, um, using phrases that uh, are, how how do I best say this, Um, encouraging the sharing of one's feelings in a way that doesn't sound like you're pointing fingers is of utmost importance um things like you know i feel that and then whatever you're saying or um help me if i'm wrong in this but do you think that this is how the situation is and if so like what do you think that we could do to improve it or whatever the situation, um, uh, calls for. And that instead of, instead of saying, instead of starting sentences with you, with, um, um, your or anything where you're directing your comments directly to the other person in a, in a, um, provoking manner is, something that you should always try and avoid when having conversations with your spouse is about hard things Um, saying like, I feel, or um, um, do you agree that? And then, you know, asking your question or, or giving it a, an open-ended feel to, to allow your spouse to respond is a much easier way to start a dialogue with a spouse on a, a difficult situation uh, um, or a difficult subject, I should say. So anyway, I just wanted to kick us off with that thought. Yeah,
1: that, that's really good. And it makes me think of, you know, as a teenager, when I, we lived in, um, the Seattle area in a, in a very nice area of Seattle, mind you. Um
0: yeah, when Dave we, lived there.
1: I lived there. I lived there. <laughs> this is me as a teenager. I hadn't even met Sarah. Sarah Sarah wasn't even a thought in my head at this time. I, I was a teenager. Um and and so when you know we moved into that house uh it was ninety four and uh you know we lived there from ninety four to ninety eight and that was that was not a fun time of my life because there was I would sit on the steps of this very large house and all the way across the house, I could hear my parents fighting. So they, they they were doing the opposite. Now, now years later, I would, I would learn talking with both of my parents about, I would, I would talk to them about, Hey, you know, you know, they got, they ended up getting divorced in 98 um, because of this very issue of this very issue. But I would talk to them about, um, you know what was your perspective here what what happened here you know i wanted to i wanted to you know understand more of what happened and and um you know uh they both shared very honestly but it but it really came down to um especially from my mom this is what we were taught and she would say this is what we were taught and one of the things that they weren't taught in, in that generation really was in her generation She's like in just about in 80 or so. They weren't taught how to do this very thing in the church. These are the kind of things that we have to talk about because, you know, my mom's been in, my mom and my dad have been in church their entire life. How how can you, how can you be in church your entire life and not know how to deal with this? And so instead you just, like you said, um, you know, you, you got to talk with the person. You have to take personal responsibility um you can't lob grenades and bombs away you know ahoy maybe let's uh let's jump on that ship and all aboard you know and last away i mean there's nothing left you know there's nothing left now you know my parents they they love each other they were high school sweethearts they they really did love each other even after the divorce they they loved each other you know uh I I thought at one point, maybe they would get back together, but I mean, they, they were crazy about each other. They just couldn't, they didn't know how to do what we're talking about today. And I know over the course of in August, there'll be 24 years of doing ministry. If you back up to when I was 16, you know, that, that gets a little bit longer, you know, by two years. So it's closer to 30 years, but, um, the thing is is this is a real this is a real big issue i think and so so it's something that i've been thinking about I'm like what are we going to talk about it's something that you and i have been talking about you know when when we you know, you know this when but other people likely wouldn't when you and i first got married we we actually started talking about how are we going to handle these things and one of the reasons that we did that is because i didn't when when seeing that i would pray lord i when i get married and this is i was like i guess 13 at this time so even as a 13 year old i'm praying this lord i don't want my marriage to look like that mm-hmm. i knew that that wasn't normal <laughs> i knew that uh that that level of fighting and bitterness and resentment and um you know that's a, i think that's a prayer that god has definitively um answered um it's and it requires, you know, it really does. It requires the um, hardest thing for us as sinners, even mm-hmm. as Christians, we're, you know, we're at the same time saint and sinner, as sinners, Martin Luther said, you know, we're growing in the grace of God and yet we have to kill our sin. Um, so the hardest thing for us is to humble ourselves and, and to admit that I'm wrong and um, I've, I've sinned. I, I haven't made a mistake. I've sinned. You know we have to call it what it is when we when we love that grenade at our spouse um especially as men (laughs) by the way i'm gonna i'm gonna ratchet up the conviction level here just just for a second guys um as men five times in ephesians 5 in the esv we're told to love our wives and the reason that we can love our wives is because of christ it's not because of ourselves. we don't merit that our salvation and we don't We don't merit being kept by Christ. It is solely because of Christ. It is solely because of the love of God in Christ. And that's Paul's point in Romans 8, 31 through 39, but it's also his point in Romans 5 and in Ephesians 5 and all throughout many passages. And so we have to think we're saved by the sovereign love of God. We're kept by the sovereign love of God. We will be kept until the final day by the sovereign love of God. And just think about that for, for just a minute, and then realize, what do I have to do in order to be more loved than I already am by God? And the answer is pretty clear, nothing, because you didn't love God. You're an enemy of God. You aren't kept by God through your own effort or ability. You're, you're kept by God's sovereign power. The, the, on the final day, you're, you're not going to dance yourself and walk up to those pearly gates and say, guess what? God um you're going to let me into heaven like so many people think today yeah, you didn't deserve it uh, instead you're going to plead the right, perfect righteous spotless righteousness of Christ alone imputed to you by faith in Christ alone yeah. and so um that that is like a, a big thing because what when a couple is lobbing those grenades at each other they're saying i'm better than that person that's what they're saying i'm i'm better than you i have more rights than you um and that's a i just want to say no christian should ever th- think that they should never act that way they they should never behave that way um you look at colossians 3 you look at ephesians 4 uh, ephesians 5 you look at romans 6 you look at galatians 5 i mean just just a bunch of chapters J- just go look at them they all are clear about what we're to do and and at no time does it doesn't say that we're to point the finger in fact as i remember jesus had something to say about that it's called taking the log out of your own eye But you got <laughs> something stick out of your own eye you know and the, and the thing is about that that i've learned over the years about about myself is those things that are that i that i most get offended and upset about those are the things that are protruding the most from my eye
0: mm-hmm.
1: and those are the things that i have to really stop so when you get upset when you're getting mad those are the times to start asking yourself you know after you calm down and you you have a time of prayer to cool off those are the times to start asking what is it about that thing that was said etc what was that about that that so upset me that so made me mad that led me to fly off the handle into lob grenades and most people to be honest they don't even know to ask that question which is That's a problem, right? Mm, (laughs) You know, but we have to ask, we have to do some self-examination, not morbid introspection, but we have to be willing to assess what was it about that situation where I failed to demonstrate Christ, where I failed to model the love of God that has been poured out for me? Because remember, we don't deserve this. God gave it to us as a gift. That's grace. We get what we don't deserve. God gave it to us as a gift. We are kept by god's power we can obey by god's power we will be glorified because of the power of god through christ um and we have the holy spirit i mean forget that forget this too i don't can't forget this too we have the holy spirit who is helping us to this end as well so we not only have the superabounding grace of god we have the help of the holy spirit so in in every way we have mm, let's say it this way we have no excuse right we have no excuse and so are we going to stop making excuses for our failures and actually own up to them and, you know you want to stay out of your pastor's office you want to stay out of the attorney's office you want you want to save yourself uh, some big bucks and I'm tell- I just told you how you know I I literally just told you how to stay out of your pastor's office how to stay out of your attorney's office especially how to stay out of court and mm-hmm. and how to how to deal with your own stuff And by the way what i just said doesn't only apply to it doesn't apply to the other person that you're you're you know thinking about right now it applies to you i'm talking to you you know what i'm saying like i'm i'm talking to you i'm talking to myself first but i'm talking to you who are listening and watching because because if 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 we point the blame you're going to be exactly like my parents were they loved each other they were crazy about each other but they couldn't stand each other and so There was a 13 year old boy sitting on a, um, stairs in this 3,000 foot, square foot house, um, in a beautiful neighborhood that my, where my parents have worked, you know, their whole lives for this house and, um, he was broken. He was, he was crushed. You, you, you extrapolate from that a thousand times because there are so many young people. Young men, young women who have been in that household, it's an epidemic in our day. And one of the reasons is because husbands and wives don't want to deal with their stuff. Yep. They don't want to deal with a log in their own eye. They don't want to deal with it. And so they it minimize it, excuse it, shift blame, whatever. Stop it. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. Just stop it. If you, if you, if you want to look up a meme sometime, look up, you know, stop it. <laughs> just stop it stop it now you know or do it now you know what i'm saying that's it's one of the office memes i think do it do it now you know right now you know what i'm saying because this is not this is an urgent matter and if you need help yeah go to your pastor go to a biblical qualified counselor I, i recommend highly the uh the association of biblical counselors you can email me um if you don't know where to find one um and and uh or if you don't if there's one not in your area i'm sure i can probably help you if you're a guy to get you a guy one and if there's a lady i'm sure i can find you a lady biblical qualified counselor to to really help you and and your and your spouse as well if if you don't have one in your area you know they are happy to meet and meet with people over zoom and so um but you know we got to have this we got to have conversations like this and and so i'm going to I'm going to pass it back to you because I just said a lot. So go ahead.
0: Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Say your spouse has sinned against you greatly. And I don't know what the issue is. You know, it could be a number of things. They, you know, spent something that they weren't supposed to and you've they've caused financial issues in your marriage. They've You know, cheated on you. They're looking at pornography behind your back. You know, they um, did something inappropriate somehow, whatever it is. It could be a number of things. And they, and you hear about it, or you, or they maybe even confess to you and they tell you um, about it, or you watched it happen. I don't know. Whatever it is, you have that righteous anger about the situation. You have this. You know, feeling in your in your heart and in your um, mind that they have wronged you, and it is inexcusable what they did. Now, I'm not trying to tell you otherwise, because sure, it probably really is inexcusable whatever it was that they did. They've sinned against you, and they've sinned against the Lord. But here's the thing: when your righteous anger Starts ticking away at the clock and slowly becomes resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. Here's the problem with that. My fellow Christians, we're called to forgive. And it doesn't matter if your spouse ever apologizes or not. Jesus commands us specifically to forgive. And it doesn't matter if they've sinned against us five times, 10 times. 490 times and if it's the same sin you are still called to forgive now obviously it doesn't mean that you necessarily will forget the instance you might i mean who knows i mean there are people with memory issues i'm not saying that that wouldn't ever happen but let's say that um you know you forgive that that means that you cannot continue to bring it up okay now if you're having a discussion and you mention it, you know, as a side thing or whatever, as part of the discussion, not in any way using it against the person, not, you know, um, belittling them or, you know, having kind of some sort of negative uh, connotation to that uh, discussion where you bring it up and you're just having a conversation with your spouse about it, that's different. But if you are having a, a conversation with your spouse where you're um, angry at them for maybe similar issues or maybe the exact same thing all over again, if you've forgiven them for the thing and you, even if you haven't told them that you've forgiven them for it and you bring it up again, that is sin in you. Okay, friends, that is sin in you. And it pains me to say this because uh, as an imperfect person, I've done that. Okay. I've done that, you know, multiple times. And this is something that I myself am str- still struggle with today. Okay. It is not something, I mean, and sorry to, sorry to tear down any perfect image that you might have of Dave or I, you, you can't uh, expect anyone other than Jesus Christ to be perfect. And that includes yourself Um like Dave said, take the log out of your own eye, and remember that even, even in the most uh, dire of circumstances, even if it's something so heinous that you know, you know, people shudder just to think about it, friend, we're called to forgiveness, and there may be a point where you can no longer be with your spouse for whatever reason. I am not an advocate of divorce. I just want to say, you know, if it ever came to this situation where you were no longer together, um, you still got to forgive them. And it, it be, just because they're no longer your spouse doesn't mean that you are not called to forgive the person. Um, you're, you're called to forgive everyone and not just Christians, not just um you know, family members, not just friends, you're called to forgive everyone. And whether that person is your spouse or your worst enemy, you're called to forgive them. So, um, you know, that leads me to another point here. One of the the great means of grace that we have available to us as Christians is we are called to not only read the scriptures and um, test everything that we read um, and really absorb um, you know, the scriptures into our hearts, but we are also called to pray without ceasing. And we're called to pray for our spouse and uh, other people in our lives, you know, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And whether or not your spouse is a is a Christian, that's irrelevant. You should be praying for them. You should be praying for other members of your family, and you should be praying for yourself. And, and that, Um, You should be asking the Lord to continually change and renew your heart and make him make your heart more and more like him, like Christ. So um, I'll, I'll tell you a a short story Uh, early on in our marriage. uh, This was many years ago. um, Sometime when we were living in Idaho, I don't remember exactly the year or anything like that. uh, Dave and I got into an argument and we, you know temporarily went our separate ways we were we were upset and frustrated at each other and we needed to get out of the same room (laughs) you know um for everybody's safety no i'm just kidding um but anyway so we we were in different rooms and um I was upset and, and frankly, heartbroken over whatever it was. I I don't even remember the situation exactly, but I remember praying, Lord, I don't know how to get past this. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know how to, how to help Dave, um, you know, move past this either. Um, and I just was praying, Lord, make the way, make the path before me, help me in this situation, help Dave, um, you know, help us move past it. And he he's such an amazing God, folks. He is so amazing. I can't even tell you how many times I've prayed similar prayers to this and without fail. And in this instance, especially, it kind of shocked me that the answer was so immediate because within minutes of praying that prayer, Dave walked back into the room and said, Sarah, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Um, can we just have a, have a discussion about this? And, um, not, you know, 15 minutes before that we'd been yelling at each other and it still to this day, um, remembering that moment shocks me that God answers prayer, you know, that quickly. I mean, it was almost instantaneous. It's, it it just blows my mind that he, he, We'll work through even the worst, um, you know, situations and pierce our hearts and and bring us to that point where we can move forward with each other if we're willing to, if we're willing to forgive one another if we're willing to have that softened heart before Him and be repentant before Him, um, before Jesus. You know, He is willing and able to act on our behalf, and He does so anyway just wanted to turn that back over to you dave
1: yeah no what you said is so good because you know you might hear that and you might think well what is what is repentance repentance means that when we repent we're forgiven you know first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness but it but it reconciliation um happens when two people repent you know they and not only agree that what they did was sin, but then they agree to have that conversation and work it out. Um, that's only possible if the husband and wife are both Christians. Truly, it is a work of God's grace through the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. That is how we can be, that's how we can repent, and that's how we can have reconciliation. That's how we can work through issues. And and that's what you're talking about there. That's, that's literally what you're talking about. Um, you know, and I remember sitting there in my room thinking about how selfish I was. Um, here I was, I was working on an article or some podcast or whatever I was, and I started thinking, and I'm a Christian leader and, and look at the conversation that we just had. And, um, you know, that was well over a decade ago now, maybe 15 years ago. It was very early on in our marriage um we're coming up on 17 years now um when this comes shortly after this comes out on the on the 18th of this month and so this comes out on the 14th so on the 18th we'll be celebrating you know 17 years of marriage and you can't go through any period of marriage you know they say that uh one of my mentors says i thought it was 10 years i thought it was 10 years (laughs) But he said it's a twenty year warm up. And I was like, no way. Twenty year warm-up? Twenty years you're warming up. I still don't know if I agree with him on that, but you know, it is what it is. You know, that's what he said. Um, so he was he was pretty smart. So he, you know, he got a lot right for sure. But, you know, it's it's hard. You know, there's times when, like I mentioned, uh, in as a teenager, we were in this huge house. My mom was upstairs in the master bedroom and my dad was in the family room on the other side of the house, you know? And, and that's what, when, when we don't, when we don't talk about these things, that's what happens. Mm. That's what happens. And so we have to talk about these things because there's too many kids that are going without a dad and without a mom because they quit. And that is a tragedy. It should, it, I mean it's gonna happen you know sadly it's gonna happen but it should be it should not happen as much as it does and it should happen even less much less in the church and i think if we have those these tough conversations you know we have the thing is, is this is what titus 2 is all about it's about an older man walking alongside a younger man it's an older woman walking alongside a younger woman and that's that's one-on-one in our in the context of our local church life on life mild in Christ teaching it, the, the, there's even a mention of teaching in Titus 2 by the way teaching doctrine sound doctrine so you know we have to have we have to have these types of conversations but i don't i don't only want to dwell on that um, you know positively you know there's there's a lot of ways that we can get there but it takes time that's what that's the that's the emphasis here that you should hear it takes time and nobody nobody is gonna arrive by going in today after this episode and you listen or watch it and say i've arrived because that would be a lie it's going to take time it's going to take practice it's going to take repentance it's going to take owning up to your stuff it's going to take time it is but over time you'll look back and be like yeah yeah that was that was actually a good thing and and then you'll have lessons to actually say hey here's some actual lived experience where i've followed and obeyed the god and the lord and those are the lessons that you can share with other people to to help them who who are younger you know age-wise than you and as you get older you'll have even more lessons and so this is where having open, and we've talked about this many times, you and I, about open, honest, transparent communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the thing is, is that offends, that offends, that's not natural for us. It's it's only possible because of God's grace and the work of the Spirit in our life. Yeah. Um, it, what we want to do is we want to be like Adam and Eve, right? We want to hide in shame and cover over our nakedness. And yet, huh, when we read the Bible, all we see is, huh? God already knows. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows the motives of our heart. Uh, He knows the thoughts that we think before we even think them. Do you think that you can fool God? Do you think you can hide from God? Do you think that you can cover over your sin and whatever that sin is and somehow think? And, And don't you know that the reason that Jesus came in the first place was to do just that, to cover over your sin with his perfect spotless righteousness so that you could be forgiven? Do, yeah. do you – I just have to ask this. It's coming to my mind. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's really good? You, if you're a Christian, you that should thrill your heart. Yeah. It should. If it doesn't, then maybe you're not a child of God, and you need to repent and believe and put your hope and trust in Christ alone. But positively, just having theological conversation, Bible discussions, hey, what are you reading? in the bible what uh what what's standing out in your bible reading um how can i be praying for you even on the even on the car drive you know we're recording this on a sunday on uh, even on the car drive here um sarah shared something and i'm i'm sitting here driving and yes i'm looking at the road but i grabbed her hand one hand on the wheel one hand with her hand in mine and i just prayed for her right there
0: mm-hmm
1: it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be ro- It's not rocket science, guys. It's not, uh, it, it's just being practical. That's, that's what we're talking about. Having these kind of conversations and how you're going to fight, how you're going to work through things. These are just practical outworkings of the things that we believe so that when you do have an issue, you know, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And by the way, I'll just say this. Every couple has to decide what they're going to do. Because if you don't have a plan and you don't have some sort of thing that is going to help you, things will spiral out of control and you won't know how to deal with it and then the issue will just become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So yeah. that's kind of, um, you know, it goes a long way. I'm going to pass this back to you, but it goes a long way just to listen and and care, um, you know, some of the, the people that we, that I think for everybody, the people that we really value and care about that that we personally care about that we share with the most they're the ones that listen in and then pray for us and show that we they love us Mm
0: -hmm. and how
1: much more should that be true in in a christian marriage so any any thoughts on that sarah
0: yeah you're absolutely right um i think that so many of us we've we've gotten away from a society where we Uh, are closely in proximity to, you know, our neighbors and friends on a regular basis and people are so separated from, you know, each other. We've become, you know, maybe like single dwelling units where, you know, you may only see your friends that are Christians once a week at church. And unfortunately, the marriages around us are suffering from that. It's it's very important to remember the words of Paul in the New Testament when he talks about You know, having a godly mentor, you know, older, you touched on this a little bit earlier, older men mentoring younger men, older women mentoring younger women. And it doesn't have to be like that much older or that, you know, you you don't have to find somebody that's like ancient. Maybe they're just older in the faith. Okay. You can just have somebody that has been a Christian a little bit longer than you. Wait,
1: wait. Did you just say people people that are ancient, Sarah? (laughs) Oh, man.
0: <laughs> and he did say she said ancient. She said
1: ancient. Okay, everybody, she did.
0: I'm I'm saying like it doesn't have to be somebody who's like if you're 40, you don't have to have a, a hundred year old. I'm saying that's that's and and yes, that is ancient in, in human standards, okay? Oh, oh. If you're a hundred years old, don't
1: subscribe for this podcast, everybody. If
0: you're a hundred years old and listening to this, you're probably sitting there like, amen, send me home, Lord. Um so I but I won't put that in, you know. <laughs> thought out there for too much longer anyway um what i was trying to um get across though is you know the mentorship is key in our fellowship with uh other christians that you know we need to be we need each other it is not we are not lone wolf christians and this includes you know um how we grow and how we um you know, have our marriages and every, every aspect of our life. It's not meant to be only on Sundays. You're not supposed to just fellowship with people, you know, on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, you know, whatever, whenever your church meets or whenever you have small group or stuff like that, we are supposed to be, you know, in constant, well, at least in very regular contact with other Christians, you know, preferably on a daily basis, but, you know, eh, I get where we're at in the culture right now. It's kind of a challenge. And certainly those of us that have very busy lives find it a struggle with this. Um, But it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to have a long conversation with people or you don't have to sit there for hours and talk talk to your mentor or mentee um about this type of stuff you can just have like a checkpoint like uh text your mentor or text your mentee and say hey how's your day going anything i can pray for you about you know um i remember last time you said something about this you know um do you want to call me up on the phone is that something you want to chat about i've got you know 10 minutes here or you know 15 minutes there i can i can talk to you if you want you know if if you feel the need to chat um you know if you're the person that's being the mentor towards somebody, you might have to be the one to reach out. You might have to be the one to make um, contact with that person because oftentimes the younger generation, and this doesn't go for everybody. So don't hear me saying this is a blanket statement, but often the younger generation shies away from that one on one contact with other people. They have grown up in this age of technology where, you know, the digital communication is really the only thing that they're used to, um, particularly people under 30. So if you're one of those, if you have a mentee that you're working with, be sure that you're reaching out to that person regularly because um, their idea probably is you know, I texted so-and-so once this week and that's good enough for me. So, um, let me just say that's not really, it's not really frequent enough as somebody that has been in both places. It really needs to be more frequent than that. And, um, going off of that, um, you know, so often, um, we treat our spouse in a similar way. We maybe spend more time on our phones or more time on our computers and or away from the house. You know, if we've got a job outside of the home, we're out there eight hours a day, nine hours a day, maybe even up to 12 or 15 hours a day. And our spouse gets the leftovers, you know, where are they in that whole setup? Where are they uh, in your priorities? They, they should be right at the top and you know, there should be God, then your spouse, then your kids, if you have them, and, um, and you know, extended family after that and, you know, church family and so on and so forth. And your job should be like, here, here's family and all the, those responsibilities and, you know, and then your job's down here. And I know that a lot of you are like, what? That, that pays the bills. I have to put my job before everything else. Friend, when you die, let me just ask you this. When you die, are you going to say to the Lord, you know, I had to put my job before everything else. Are you going to say no? I put, I you know, I took care um, of the people that I was supposed to take care of you know you gave me you gave me stewardship of these uh, and you entrusted these things with me and i took care of them the way that you asked me to lord and that's when he's going to say well done good and faithful servant he's not going to say well done good and faithful servant for you know working extra hours at work to earn more money that's not what he put you on this planet for i'm sorry that's just not so if that's your priority right now you need to check your heart and you need to be looking at scriptures and praying for the lord to change that in you because if that is where your heart is, you've got some, you've got some digging to do in scripture and you've got some praying to do because the Lord is definitely going to want to change that in your mindset. So, um, but going back to, you know, making time for your spouse, uh, I feel like so many people give up on their marriage because they don't spend any time together. They don't, and when they do, they argue about the things that they've put on the back burner because they don't have the time to talk about it, right? They're not making the time. They're um, they're feeling like, you know, well, I mean, he's off in his own little world. Or maybe your, your husband's like, well, you know, she's just doing her own thing, you know, take care of the kids. What time does she have for me? You know, or whatever the situation is. Um, let me just remind you that God hates divorce and that... <laughs> He is, um, he he doesn't want you to treat your spouse that way. And when you treat your spouse like a throwaway and you don't prioritize them and you don't make them feel like they're being heard and cared for and loved, then you're not living a godly, God-fearing lifestyle. And if that's the case, you need to repent. Sorry. If that's you, you need to repent. You need to turn it around and you need to be listening to what God has in store for you and your marriage. So, um, you know, listening, caring, that that means sitting down and having conversations. That means sitting down and um, asking them how their day was or even, you know, just having mundane everyday conversations about random stuff it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to reveal every deepest darkest secret every time you sit down and have a discussion with your spouse it can just be about you know surface level stuff until you get to the point where you know you're you're finally having this dialogue back and forth try not to uh, make it a forced thing but if that is the situation and you're you're struggling to come up with ideas to talk about just tell them, you know, this is um, where I'm struggling right now. And can you pray for me and ask for make it into a prayer request if that's something that you're having a hard time with, you know, and if if your spouse is a Christian, um, maybe uh, that spouse can turn around and say, OK, let's pray for it now. You know, I've got time. I'm we're, we're sitting here at the dinner table or we're, you know, in our room and having this chat. Let's let's pray about that, you know. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be hard. That's all I'm trying to say. Like you can, you can start little and work your way into it. You don't have to jump into the Bible discussions and the theology right at the get-go, but you'll, you'll eventually get to that point.
1: Well, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with us, Sarah?
0: Well, I just wanted to ask you, you know, from your perspective, Dave, when we have theology discussions, what do you, and what do you like seeing that you know, when we sit down and chat about those things or when we're on a long drive, you know, what do you, what kind of um, discussions or thoughts or whatever that we've had in the past, what do you enjoy having in those discussions? Like, what's your, what's your thought? Like, if in an ideal situation, if you were to sit here and have a discussion with me about theology, what would you want to talk about? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, whatever questions you have or anything like that or anything that you, you know, that you think I've been studying that you find interesting or anything like that. And then we both know what's going to happen, especially <laughs> on a drive, you know, it is what it is. So then I'll look over at you and be like, whatever, you know, <laughs> well,
0: what do you, what do you suggest to guys out there that maybe aren't as theologically trained as you, if they want to have a theological discussion or, a, you know, just talking about the Bible and God in general, what, what should the guys out there as leaders of the home be wanting to do here?
1: Ask your wife, what are you reading in God's word? Um, you know, how can I, how can I pray for you? If you have kids, same thing. Hey, what did you, what did you uh, hear in the sermon today? What stood out to you? Um, is there anything I can pray with you about that you heard about? You know, or, or when, you know, they're sharing about Bible. Oh, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more about that?
0: Mm. Uh,
1: be intentional, be proactive, uh, follow up. You know, it doesn't have to be. And don't, don't think, oh, you had one conversation and that's not the only conversation that you're ever going to have. Be these little things, these conversations as part of a long, long term. You know, somebody might be reading Leviticus or Numbers, or they might be in John's Gospel. And and those kind of conversations are going to be two totally different things, right? So yeah. you're going to talk about a lot of different things between those different books. And so, you know, but then ask ask questions. Oh, then, um, so you ask them, you know, what did, what are you reading? Oh, what did you get out of that? You know, and then they tell you. Oh well, then, um, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to how, how are you going to put that into your life? You know, um, how's that truth going to impact your life? You, you know, not not just per because this makes it personal. You know, and this is what we this is what we have to be doing. You know, as we read, as we study, as we meditate, not just like coasting along and saying, you know, it's really perfectly fine, and then, well. Maybe we're not as fine as we think, you know, mm-hmm. so we, we gotta, we gotta take some time to really think about and put into practice the, the things that we're reading and studying and meditating and things that we're hearing, you know, we're, we live in this age, as you talked about, it's an age of information and, um, uh, information download, you know, there's more information available than ever in the history of the world, but, but we're a mile wide and an inch deep. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to love him, he says, with all that we are, mm. my, our heart, mind, soul, and strength, the great commandment. That's not the yeah. great option, by the way. It's the great commandment for a reason. <laughs> and Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, what is it? Wait for it. Obey my commandments. Yep. And we know that the commandments are not burdensome because Jesus provides a very reason and, and the why that we can obey those commandments because we belong to him and he belongs to us, right? We're, yeah. we're born again. We're a new creation in Christ. We have the spirit. We have all this help that we've already talked about. So what's the reason then that you might not be doing it, you know, and ask yourself that what's the reason right now in this moment for delayed obedience, your delayed obedience and, think about that for a good bit, because delayed obedience is disobedience, Hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put my finger in, like I said, ratchet up the conviction. That was a joke earlier, by the way, I was being really sarcastic, and maybe I shouldn't be that way. (laughs) And on that in that instance, but I want to bring a little bit of levity to a very serious conversation. um, Just to be clear, because these things really, really matter, you know, marriages matter, people matter, and and mm-hmm. and it's just too easy to point the finger and say, here's this, here's that. Um and and so that that would just be that would be why we, we ask these questions of ourselves and why we, we do the things that we do to grow ourselves so that we can love and serve our spouse and our family. Um and it starts it starts with us and God. It really does. Mm-hmm. So
0: one thing that I wanted to mention, um that you kind of touched on when you were talking about um, how to guide the conversation. If you're having a theological discussion with your spouse um, is that I find it helpful to maybe start a, one of those conversations by sharing what you're learning and reading in scripture And that way it kind of opens the door for more like questions about, well, what do you think about this, you know, about that passage or, you know, that type of thing and give your husband or wife in this, you know, both in dialogue, the opportunity to share more about what they think about that um, passage. And I think that that can then lead into so what are you learning then or what are you reading about what is God showing you recently in his word and I think that I think that um, it tends to be as far as flow goes much easier to start by sharing and then ask versus ask and then share because um, oftentimes it can be a little how to say it, um, jarring I guess when somebody just asks you a question like that out of the blue <laughs> you would be like feel like you're put on the spot so be cognizant of that you know don't um, if you're going to have a theological discussion with somebody, don't just randomly like throw that out there and put them on the spot. Be like, hey, um, you know what's cool? I was talking to so and so I, and I was reading this passage about this and this. And, you know, I um, maybe you were talking about um, Leviticus or Deuteronomy or something. And I thought it was interesting where, you know, the Lord says this and this command and or whatever, whatever situation is, maybe you're talking about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and you wanted to share how you thought it was, um, you know, interesting how he tells the disciples to, you you know, you give them something to eat or whatever, whatever the situation is. Um, I think that, um, when you start by sharing, you're opening that door, um, and allowing them to hear first your thoughts and then react versus, uh uh deer in the headlights look uh what do i say um nothing i don't know i'm not learning anything right now you know (laughs) you know what i mean like uh haven't even been reading my bible um awkward yeah so um fyi you better be reading your bible i'm just kidding but no seriously it's really important to be daily in the word so if you're not you know, never too late to start. You don't have to start at the beginning of the year and do the full Bible in a year thing if that's not your thing. But be be sure to jump in there. And Dave's got a really good podcast right now that he's doing. Um, it was initially going to be the Bible in a year, but it, it's more like just a chapter a day until he's done with the Bible. So it's going to be a while before it gets finished. But FYI, check it out. It's really good right now. I mean, it's really good in general, not just right now. But
1: anyway, Yeah, it's going to take three years and like four (laughs) months or something like that. So there's a lot in God's word, man. Yes. Well, I think this has been really good, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah, on this important conversation. Um, We pray that this will be helpful to you as you listen or watch it. And uh, until next time, when we have you on, God bless you, Sarah. And thank you for all that you do to serve servants of grace.
0: Thank you.